may be seated. Whoa, a lot of people here today. How are you doing, everyone? Oh, that was less than exciting for a baptism service. How's everybody doing today? Yes, it's Baptism Sunday. So do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and pass the peace and make plans to go somewhere great for lunch. I don't know, maybe you want to go to Golden Corral. I don't know. I don't know where you want to go. That's not a great place. Maybe Olive Garden. Unlimited breadsticks and soup. Turn to your neighbor. Um, Kids, get on out of here. Go into the back with Casey while you turn and pass the peace to your neighbor. Say hello. All right. Hey, listen, I want to take a quick moment. And um, if you are new or newer to our community common table, I want you to hear it from me. Thanks for showing up. I know that sometimes coming to church can be... um, I don't know, a little bit of uh, anxiety inducing for some of us. It takes a big risk to show up to a church, especially for the first time. And I want to acknowledge that risk. And I want to personally thank you as one of the co-pastors on staff, a part of this community. Drew and I are so grateful for each and every one of you um, that's shown up today because here's the deal. We are called to be connected to one another, aren't we? It's, It's just true. And that's what's so beautiful about the baptismal grace is that it connects us not only to the divine, but the divine to us and to us, one another. And it's a beautiful thing because I remember the sheer feeling of dread and darkness. Think back to me, May 20th or May 2020, COVID-19 wasn't going away and there wasn't going to be just a few weeks of staying at home as so many commentators had suggested to us. Uh, We were in for the long haul of seclusion, the long haul of isolation, and ultimately forgetting something really significant about the human experience, connectionality. I just made that word up. (laughs) It's actually not a real word. Can you believe it? Many of us Forget what it means to be connected to other people with different opinions and attitudes. Many churches forgot our actual invitation from Christ during this dark period of time. Instead of caring for the needs of society, those in isolation and seclusion, being a beacon of hope and love and and listening and bearing witness when yet another unarmed black man was murdered in the streets. It fell on deaf ears. (laughs) We decided to double down, echoing phrases like, all lives matter. And we continued to hold massive church gatherings unmasked, despite the recommendations by federal agencies, state health agencies. We said, no, 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 the people don't matter. We matter. We forgot what it means to be a people of connection and care, even to those outside of our immediate care. Maybe this is what Jesus means by the salt has lost its saltiness. The flavor-enhancing community was nothing more than a replication of the power-through-politics world in which it found itself. 
that the flavor-enhancing community decided that self-serving was more important than self-sacrificing. You see, salt worthy of nothing more than being trampled upon. It's easy to step on salt when it acts as a singular grain, isn't it? Separated from its wider community. You see, a a salt worthy of its design, it celebrates life. It extends mercy to those steeped by oppression. It adds to, but doesn't overpower those searching for some kind of connection and meaning that we all have longed for, especially during those dark days. You see, the primary role of salt in the ancient world however, is to make sure that the meat isn't more flavorful, but to ensure that the meat doesn't spoil and decay. It preserves the integrity of the meat. The salt has lost its saltiness. It has forgotten how to protect people, how to care about people, how to love people, how to extend mercy and connection to people, to see the outsider and to bring them into the fold of a community that they may not even know that they want to be a part of yet. That's what it means to be a salty community. The objective is salt. It's about the meat. The church celebrates when when more are added to our preservation efforts. Because we realize it takes a lot of salt to keep the decay at bay. We celebrate and advocate at the opportunities to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of our neighbors. To feel a bit safer. We are baptized and we remember that we are baptized into a wider community of salt. It is not just our individual salt. But we are a part of a movement that prevents the decay that wants to eat away at our world. I love that our church has adopted an Afghan refugee family. Is it okay if I talk about that for a moment? I love that we took the effort to adopt an Afghan refugee family when the rest of the world was forgetting. When the rest of the world was forgetting that they were stripped from their homes, brought to a foreign country without clothes except what was in a backpack, the world rallied, but then quickly forgot. But not this community. We did not forget. We decided to double down. And we were going to make sure that the Mossaman family, this Afghan refugee family, was not only going to have enough furniture in their home, not enough food stocked in their fridge, but we were going to pay their rent month after month after month after month. We weren't going to just stop there because that wasn't enough. When they asked us to pay for their internet connection, we said with a resounding Easy answer, yes. Yes. I love that our church represents 
what Christ is warning people of. That we protect even those who are outside of our community. We keep the decay at bay because we recognize that death is right around the corner at any time. And we need you. We need you to move outside of the view of singularity and move into the view of community. We need you to say yes to families like the Mossman family. We need you to say yes to our efforts at the community garden on February 11th. We need you to see the us that's at stake. Are you with me? And so if this is resonating with you, if this is like, if you're like, yeah, I'm with you, I'm connecting, I'm on all of this, you can continue to give to the Afghan family, the Mossman family. We need you. Every week in our email, we send a link where you can give. If it's easier for you, just give to Common Table on Venmo. It's Common Table RVA, and just put Afghan family, and we'll make sure that it gets to the right place. But we need you to participate in this movement. After service, in the back, there's going to be a sign-up form for you to be able to serve on February 11th from 10 to 12 or from 12 to 2 at this new community garden here in the Randolph neighborhood. We need you to participate in that. You see, the epiphany season that we're in is when the light of God is made manifest in Christ to the world. And as the body of Christ, the church, we continue to shine a light in the world. And this is, of course, is illustrated when the um, Magi observe the star that ultimately leads them to Christ. Recently, our community lost someone really important, Dr. Grayson Foy. And she was a friend of our community, a parishioner of the church, and a former physicist. And here's what she suggested about the Epiphany star. That was no ordinary star, she wrote. In physics, in the universe, when one body merges with another body, when the Christian community merges with an Afghan refugee family, when the Christian community doesn't just say all lives matter, which is true to God, but in a broken and sinful world, all lives do not matter. But when the church comes along and says black lives, in fact, matter, something supernatural takes place. She continues. When one body merges with another body, there is a release of energy. And when this girl Mary said yes to the divine, and the creator of their universe came to be a single cell in her womb, of course there was a tremendous release of energy and light. And it was no ordinary star. But this projection of an atomic, cosmic, event. I like to think of us as Jesus thinks of us as a community. Light. As Jesus said, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify not us, but God. 
Baptism is just that. We are adding to the light in the room. We are creating atomic, cosmic events by our posture to yes to Christ and to the community that we are baptized into. All the while, God is saying a resounding yes to us. This posture of yes, it is powerful. It can overcome the darkest of places. It can overcome the decay that wants to eat away at all of us. And it can bring hope. So as Isaiah puts it, the verse Jesus is drawing inspiration from, arise, common table, and shine. Arise and shine. Your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. Darkness may be closing in on you, but the Lord will shine for you. God's glory will appear over you. An atomic, cosmic event for the world to see. Uncommonly connected through the baptismal grace through the waters, so that we might be connected to our neighbors in need. May you receive and remember the light. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to invite the band up. And then we're going to celebrate this kind of light, this kind of saltiness, this kind of community. Holy God, thank you. Thank you that through your community of the three-in-one, we have an example how to live with one another. That we acknowledge the loss and the suffering and the pain and the isolation and the sorrow. That we come alongside those who are in need. That we hear, that we listen, that we bear witness to those who are otherwise in decay. God, help us to be salty people. Help us to be people of the light. And oh God, help us to remember our baptism. In the name of the three in one, amen.